After years of campaigning by organisations such as Transparency International, Papua New Guinea is now very close to having an independent Commission Against Corruption, or ICAC, formally in place. Legislation was passed by the previous parliament, but this week Prime Minister James Marape announced that commissioners have now been selected, and soon the organisation will be operational. Over the years, corruption in PNG has been called systemic, including by one of the country's former prime ministers, the late Sir Makere Morauta. The chairman of Transparency PNG, Peter Aitzi, says having an ICAC in place will play an important role in overcoming corruption. It'll be a major step forward in the view of TIPNG that will have a, a dedicated agency that will uh, be able to investigate, charge and then potentially support the prosecution of those individuals found to be involved in corruption. So that's a major step forward. It is, in the end, going to come down to whether it's properly funded. Uh, are you confident the government will do that? It's got to this stage in terms of passing the legislation and uh, going through the process of appointing commissioners. Is it going to fund it properly? Look, we've been reassured by the government. You know, on that, on that reassurance, I mean, they've been true to their word in terms of the commitment they've given ICAC. As you've said, they've passed the legislation, they've supported the recruitment, uh, and they've actually supported the independent process to, to go globally and, and locally to find very well qualified and capable and experienced commissioners. And within the ICAC Act itself, it places ICAC on a similar level as the Ombudsman in terms of its funding through the budget process. So that gives us a level of, uh, of comfort. These commissioners will have to have quite extensive staffs, won't they, if they're going to be able to look at various organisations and government departments and so on right throughout the country. They're going to need manpower. Uh, that's correct, Don. And um, look, there is an interim ICAC office that's, that had been established uh, at least, I think, two years ago, and that's been uh, ably led by the acting ICAC Chairman uh, Mr Thomas Ellu, an experienced gentleman in his own right, and there is a, a staff currently in place supporting uh, the progression of the ICAC legislation. Uh, so some of those staff will, will transition into the formally established ICAC, but really the, the task ahead of us is to get the commissioners in place, uh, and then with those com three commissioners in place, to start to consider the full structure that's required in order for ICAC to be operationalised. And I would uh, think that uh, that would be a phased process as the commissioners take on their role so that they can fully understand the extent of their work. There are two allied bits of legislation that the government has passed. There's the Whistleblowers Act and the Proceeds of Crime Act. How important are they, or how important is it that those three measures are grouped together? Oh, very important. Uh, it'll support the work of, of ICAC. And I think the third component is the unexplained wealth provision within the Criminal uh, Pro uh, Crimes of Proceeds Act. Um, and so um, it will allow the uh, commissioners to be more proactive in terms of you know, investigating unexplained wealth and also to pursue or pursue, prosecute individuals that could be involved in fraudulent activities and criminal behaviour. Will they be able to look back or is it, is it going to be something that applies from this point on? Can they go back uh, a number of years? I believe and, uh, that they can. And so um, it's really for the commissioners in terms of where they direct their, you know, their resources because there's, a, there's an endless tunnel if you go backwards as well. But it's really for them to set the, uh, the priorities and strategies for the commission as they come in and, and see the extent of their work. 
an organisation like Transparency International, you'd be looking at this and thinking, well, now, from this point on, we should start seeing changes that people will be thinking twice about doing anything corrupt. We're hopeful, um, Donna, but it's a major, as I said, I mean, there's still a task ahead of us. Um, ICAC is only one piece of, of the, the puzzle. You know, we need to also encourage investment and uh, capabilities into our police force, into our judiciary, into our Ombudsman Commission um, and into the various, you know, oversight agencies within government. And that's supported by, a, if you like, broader accountability through uh, the community and the business community in particular, uh, will help us to start to build, you know, the anti-corruption framework or the environment within the country that will better, that will better serve, you know, us uh, in terms of the fight against corruption. Yes, well, one of those oversight organisations, I guess, is the media, and yet the government is in the process of perhaps, it would appear to uh, certainly a lot in the media in PNG, that the government is trying to hamper it. Look, there has been a, a, a recent proposal uh, in the form of a media development policy uh, put out by the Department of Information and Communications uh, Technology. And so I think in their haste, they, they released a document. But thankfully, through the response of the Media Council and also the, the, from TIPNG, I think we've been able to, to perhaps uh, demonstrate to them the value of, of uh, proper consultation, uh, which uh, hopefully will get us a better outcome in terms of the, the understanding of a, the value of a, 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 an independent media in terms of our uh, democracy.